Hi, and thank you for listening to Dream 10X Radio, where we interview people attempting to live extraordinary lives. Our twofold purpose is to both direct and inspire people bold enough to do the same. Dream 10X. Face your fears. Hello, everybody out there in Dream 10X. It's your boy, JC, with Dream 10X, and I'm here with Dr. Capel. <laughs> how, you, how you doing? Good, how you doing? And we're here in the Dream 10X studio, which is, uh, if you're just listening on Apple, Apple iTunes or Android or Alexa, we're just here in our kitchen. We're very low budget, and oftentimes the dog will walk in, the cat will walk across the table, whatever. Whatever, we're low budget, we're here, we're doing our thing, and we're here to share with you what we're learning about how to change our lives and how to get out of the rut that you might be in, how to escape mediocrity, how to be great, how to be excellent at something. And today, this is episode 44 of our podcast, and we are going to talk about the three principles of explosive personal growth, and Dr. Capel is going to be telling us what she knows about those three principles. Yes, how to be great like our great Dane. <laughs> well, hopefully greater than that. <laughs> Aww, She's goofy. She is goofy. <laughs> so, James, do you know what I did recently? I give up. Uh, I started playing D&D. <laughs> I know that, yes. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and uh, so I have the coolest friends, just so you know, and they are all like ridiculously smart. I'm, I'm not dumb, and I'm the dumbest one of this crowd. Uh, they are just, they're witty, they're clever, they're just so much fun, and uh, I'm just so, I'm so happy to be part of this, like, goofy clan. I'm and... not part of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you are. You're too smart for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like the orc of this clan. <laughs> are you really an orc? <laughs> no, not in the game, but just oh. in general, oh, like, because oh, orcs oh, are big oh, and okay. goofy. Um, <laughs> like you, like my great name. <laughs> and uh, we all haven't played D&D in like over 30 years. And so one of our friends uh, played with his kids. So he's more attuned and more up to date. And so he said, hey, why don't we start a game? And we, a bunch of us said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> we haven't played in playing years. Don't remember anything. And uh one of them hadn't played ever, so it's just a whole new learning experience. And you have to do all these things. There's a book, a whole player book that you have to read through. And there's like 20 different races you have to choose from orc to human to tiefel. And then a class, and a class is like your job, so you can be a bard or a paladin or a druid or a, like me, a barbarian. And then um, you have to choose your background. So you're like a thief or a hermit or um, uh, a wildling like I am. It's a, I forget what it's called in the book, but like you're like a wildling and, um, or an orphan. And all of that builds this character and defines your strengths, your mental models, what you can and can't do, how you operate in this universe. Kind of like our regular lives as humans. What's the point of that? What do you mean, what's the point of that? Like, why do you build a character like that and come up with this history and all that? What? Yeah, for that exact purpose. So you have strengths and you have weaknesses and it's how you fit in in the group. But in the context of playing a game, why would you have weaknesses? Wait. Why wouldn't you be build like a character that's infinitely powerful in order to win? <laughs> well, I mean, what's the point then? If you're going to defeat all the... 
Right. <laughs> well, part of it too is like a leadership journey and a team building journey. Like if we did this for leadership development, like they did for a while for a while in World of Warcraft, I think it would change the face of leadership development because it does teach, teach strategy. Hmm. It teaches vision. It teaches thinking on your feet. Um, it teaches unexpected. So you come into deal a city, yeah, to deal with the unexpected uncertainty. Hmm. So you have two, let's say you come up to a road and the dungeon, dungeon master says you have two options. You can go left or right. Um, what do you do? Who's your strength? Who's your strongest character? Who has the ability to um, have clairvoyance where they can see in the future? Or if nobody has that, how do you leverage the strengths you do have in order to go forth? Okay, so you choose to go to the right. Cool. Um, you encounter an obstacle. What do you do? Or, um, well, you want to, or you encounter a hole. You want to jump over the hole. So you have to roll to see what your number is to see if you make it over the hole or fall in. <laughs> so it's all right, you fall in and then what do you do? So it's like dealing with that uncertainty and having to make decisions. So from a leadership development perspective, gaming is the way to go. Hmm. So for us, it's fascinating because with all these rules, we're taking in all this knowledge and, and we're seeking guidance from our DM because we have no idea what we're doing. And uh, it's a full immersion experience. So it's, it's, it was really fun. And again, a lot like real life, it's challenging your mental models because you have to become this character and make decisions that this character would make in this immersion world. And uh, the most important thing is we were just having a good time. So you heard the first, the first night. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, the dungeon master says, okay, go. And we're all like looking at each other like, okay, now what? And he's like, no, no, you're in character now, go. And so one of us started, I think, I think uh, um, our druid started and uh, then we just all picked what? it up. <laughs> we just all picked it up and started getting in character and again, having fun. And, and now we're, we're on our, we're gonna be starting our third game soon. So yeah, it's a good time. Yes. So when you think about learning and <laughs> redefining yourself, um, so there's three principles uh, for explosive personal growth. And one is redefine yourself. And so in the terms of D&D, like really thinking who that really cool, awesome character that you would going to be. So if you're a bit clumsy like me in real life, so an orc in real life, who do I want to be in this world? That's, that's a little bit different that I can bring into. So did, did your character that you define... Was that a make-believe improvement of yourself in this virtual world? It was, because I am in a... what respect? Yeah, so I'm a tiefling a barbarian. So I am a full-on warrior woman. Um, well, kind of a devil warrior woman, because I have horns and a tail, which is very cool. <laughs> why, why, why that? Why a devil? <laughs> why is that so to improve it? The way that they describe the character. Because you're so sweet and docile, usually? Is that why? <laughs> yes, I'm, to be I'm a delicate flower. <laughs> um, I liked that the, the, it was, if I could be like my best version of myself in this world, it would be a very strong warrior woman who could kick ass at any point. Mm. And she's chaotic neutral, so she really doesn't give a shit about anybody or anything. She can just go. Versus me, where I really do care. <laughs> so <laughs> I really love my friends and my, my, my family and my people. So that's not my best self, but that's a different way to being. So exploring that and what that's like is, is kind of fun to challenge my own mental model. So, <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, so it's, so it's, so like coming up with this really interesting character is fun. And 
So I, back in the day, I used to sing opera and love to be on stage because I love getting in these different characters and exploring that and what it's like to be in that world. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of the same thing, just with my friends, <laughs> when we're not in front of an audience. So yeah, yeah it's good. Cool. So like, uh, so when you think about redefining yourself, like, what does that really look like for you? Some of the, we do a visualization exercise, which I will, um, mm. actually let's do it. And then we'll also pop it. We can put it on our site. You can do it yourself. Uh, okay. So, so I, typically though, when you're talking to, in a professional environment about yeah. redefining yourself, you're not talking about Dungeons and Dragons characters, right? You're talking about who you are. Well, you're redefining yourself. So you're, are you, do you like have people write out a persona of what they want to become? Well, kind of like you are, are you, are you still getting there? Am I getting ahead of you? Yeah, but that's oh, fine. Sorry. That's sorry. totally fine. Um, I, I do. I, we do have them write out like who their best selves are. So do a visualization exercise with me now. Cause I'm curious. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super curious. All right. So go ahead and get comfy a little bit. <laughs> Put your shoulders back, relax. Take a deep breath. Think about somebody you admire. It can be somebody you know, somebody you don't know. It could be a character in a book, a character in a movie from a comic strip or a comic book. Allow that person to come to mind. Picture them standing in front of you. What about it? What about them makes them amazing? What do they say or do that's really powerful for you? How do they make you feel when you interact with them or when you see them or when you read, read, read their character? Now imagine yourself with this quality. What does that look like for you? How do you feel? How do you impact others around you? All right, when you're ready, come back. Come back. <laughs> Not that you went anywhere. <laughs> that was really interesting. You do start like, yeah. Yeah, so. You start thinking about, oh, wow, what does that feel like? Yeah, so tell me like what was one thing that, what, what observation you had? Uh, I was like trying to decide on a couple of people I'm reading about. Yeah. And trying to think, well, who had the greatest impact on, on me? And so, uh, flip a coin, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, what about these people, and you can combine them, what about that made them impactful for you? Um, so I started, I'll, I'll probably lean towards a guy I'm reading about, Sam, Sam Zell right now, who is a very wealthy and successful investor. Mm -hmm. Started out in real estate, started out with real estate investing, then got into uh, markets, and um, I just... I, I'm amazed at how, even before he graduated from college, he was already very, very wealthy mm. because he started managing uh, apartments for students, uh, for for other companies, 
while he was still in college. Mm-hmm. And so even before he graduates college, the degree was basically meaningless. He was already wealthy. Yeah. He was just doing his educational check marks that his parents wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. So anyway. what what's one of what's one behavior that he did that really came up for you? Um that basically that how you know I was interested I'm always interested in how people what is that catalyst that pushes people to the next level of living? You know, mm-hmm. you know, financial living. I mean, you know, life is based on money, in my opinion. And, and it's that, how do you get to that next financial level of living that, you know, you're, 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 you can really be your authentic self in life? And so I think that catalyst for him was when he started managing apartments. And we'll talk more about Sam Zell in another episode of, of Dream 10X, but this guy just popped in my head while you were doing your thing, so I'll just mention him. But that, that, that catalyst for him was starting to manage apartments, and that got him into real estate. And from there, he just sprung board into you know, commercial properties. And but what behavior did he do? Well, uh, what behavior? What behavior? What led him to do that? What was something that he inherently in him, part of his character and way of being, led him to that? What behavior? Uh, he just had a knack for for finding out how to get people to pay him money to do things. Okay. So before that, he was selling magazines. So selling, salesman. Salesman, yeah. I guess, yeah, you're right. Maybe it's sales. It sales. all goes back to sales. Yeah. <laughs> Always be selling. It's all about the sales. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's so that's... To, how do you... What, what are you comfortable selling? Yeah. What are you the most comfortable selling in? Yeah. You so, do the best at selling. Yeah. So observable behavior was the actual, yes. his ability to influence others to buy his things. I have a lot of respect for people who are good salesmen. Yeah. Is that something you want to bring into your way of being? And who you yeah, I wish I had that yeah. ability. Yeah. So when redefining yourself, yeah. it's so important to, when you find somebody you admire and you say, oh, well, they did this amazing thing, narrow that down to the specific behavior that you see. Yeah. And then you can put that into your own, let's say, development plan, whatever that looks like for you. And I and say, okay, this is where I am. This is where Sam Zell is. This is what the behavior specifically looks like that I want to mirror. This is where I am right now. And then you can make a pathway to get there. So if Sam Zell um, had a knack for influencing people. What specifically did that look like? Mm-hmm. And right now, you know, what does it look like for you? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, great pathways. That's good. Yeah, thank you. I do this for a living. <laughs> I got a doctorate in this stuff. I love this for a <laughs> Oh my goodness. They do call me the doctor for a reason. So yeah, so coming up with those tangible behaviors is so important because then you can measure your success. And for me, it's Gal Gadot. And, uh, but specifically Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman. And the way thing that really was powerful for me is her the way she held her body and her character and i didn't like how naive she was in the first movie but i loved her presence she had such a strong confident presence and so for me that's something that i really have been trying to instill in my own way of being her posture Israeli women. Is, <laughs> so her posture her way of being and how she how she how she moved so uh, just that level of confidence. So it's uh, so we'll talk about how I enacted that sort of behavior in the next episode. Oh. <laughs> Stay tuned. 
So once you redefine yourself, you have a list of observable behaviors. You have something to measure. Um, again, because what is if you want more empathy, what does empathy actually look like? If you want to be a better communicator, what does being a better communicator look like? Um, so defining that, what does your best self look like? And absolutely draw a picture of it to remind you. Draw a picture, write it out, create a little Lego man, something that... <laughs> is something that's going to trigger you to remember as well. So you have that, you have a list as you, well as you have like an icon. Is that why you have the uh, Wonder Woman picture everywhere you go? <laughs> Pretty much. Is <laughs> yeah. there something else, another picture you have? Yeah, I have She-Hulk everywhere she too Hulk, for yeah. a different reason. Oh, okay. Uh, a different type of strength. So, <laughs> so when you have this, and let's say you're in a moment of an amygdala hijack. So your emotional intelligence is zero. Let's say you get an email that totally sets you off. How are you going to react? So I'm going to glance over. I glance over because I'm pissed off for whatever reason. I see my Wonder Woman. How is she going to react uh, as related to how I want to be as a human? And that's going to help me think, take a step back, and reframe. Or if I do something that's really positive, that mirrors my character. It's that positive reinforcement building those neural pathways. So it's it's that dopamine rush saying, yes, I did a really good job, and this is reinforcing it, or no, hold off. This is who I want to be. So it's that trigger. It's a trigger. Trigger. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully that's helpful to you. Yeah. So yeah, observable behaviors have a trigger. Write down what those observable behaviors are and what that looks like for you, and then you can build a pathway. Okay, step two for our most powerful explosive growth is adapt your mental models. So I'm assuming if you're a geek like us, you've seen the matrix. Oh, wait, us? A geek, <laughs> a nerd like you or an uber geek like me. How's that? <laughs> um, you have uh, seen the matrix, either the first one or the most recent one. And all right, you know the character Neo and Neo is stuck in this virtual universe. We all know this, this virtual universe that he thinks is real. And Morpheus, his mentor says, all right, I'm gonna give you an option. You can take the blue pill and you can stay here, wake up in your bed and be very comfortable and not know, and wake up and thinking everything that you believe is exactly true. Or you take the red pill and I'll show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. And I know I'm not quoting it exactly, uh, it's right in here. I just didn't want to read it. <laughs> so you take the blue pill and you stay in your own comfort of thinking. Take the red pill. It's going to challenge everything you believe. So I challenge you, of course, to take the red pill, challenge your mental models. We have a set of mental models. These have been developed since childhood. These neural pathways. It's what we believe. It's based on experience and repetition. And I'll give you an example. Uh, did you grow up with a stove that turned red and got hot. Yes. Okay, I did too. So hopefully you did as well. So either a gas stove, you know, stove top or a coil one. I touched it. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> you still touch it. I still touch it. <laughs> so our mental model is red stoves get hot, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I was at a friend's house and I don't remember exactly. I'm pretty sure it was Liz. I'm pretty sure it was Liz. Um, and she's touched the stove top. And I'm like, ah, you're going to burn yourself, you know? And she looks at me like I'm insane because, right, my mental, mo or, um, my mental model is red stoves are hot. And she's like, touch the stove, Cindy. <laughs> no, I don't want to. <laughs> and so she like puts her flat hand on it and I'm 
blown away because now my mental model is trashed. My best friend is actually a superhero. <laughs> process, process, process. Oh, wait, maybe the stove isn't hot. So, <laughs> so yeah, it really challenged my whole way of thinking. And this, and it was a punctuated equilibrium. Typically with mental models, mm, it takes, time. takes a lot of time, a lot of challenges, and a lot of rethinking it with intention uh, versus mm. the punctuated mm. equilibrium. Mm. But this is just an example to kind of, so to ex kind of explain what a mental model is. Mm. Um, so these are, in case you haven't experienced these stoves, they're actually induction. And they work with an electromagnetic field that heats it up. And it doesn't heat up the kitchen, obviously burn you. So it's pretty cool, mm. I thought. Yeah. Uh, all right, so mental models, back to that. Revolutionary standpoint. From an evolutionary standpoint, we developed these neural pathways way back in the day to survive, to adapt and survive. So our nomadic ancestors, anything around us could kill us at any point. So mm. we had to have this set of mental models and be aware of all the things. Because That's fascinating. We're, we're dealing with baggage from thousands of years. Oh yeah, our brains have Millions not changed. Millions of years. <laughs> our technology has changed, our brains have not. Fascinating, mm. isn't it? Mm. So um, like for one thing, like when we look around sideways to sideways and we do it together as a group, that means that we're safe. What? Yeah, so when we're looking straight ahead, we're predators, and but when we all look side to side, that means like we're okay. What do you mean we all look side to side? Like, so if you're in a group of people and you intentionally look side to side, it actually relaxes you as a group because it's saying that there's not a threat <laughs> response that we have to, we, we're, it's okay if we look side to side. Really? Yeah. Never heard of that. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. Huh. Like the stuff, the peripheral vision, there's whole studies on peripheral vision. Huh. Um, <laughs> Like that, so if that you're ever in a meeting, just you want to relax people, you just go. <laughs> yeah, that would be weird at all. That's supposed to be relaxing. <laughs> Everybody's going to be like, what the hell is this problem? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we're constantly taking in information from our senses, from our eyes, the way we see things and the way we touch. Um, and then that, the way we, and uh, what we hear and that directly translates to our mental model and we process it and say, is this a threat or not? So anything change, anything out of the ordinary. So if somebody that you've been dating is like constant, 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 and all of a sudden they're in a bad mood and it's the first time you've seen that, you're, you're going to be like, what's going on? What did I do? And it's probably nothing. <laughs> um, but it challenges your mind. Are you saying that from personal dating experience with me? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Like the first time like that happened, I'm like, oh my God. What anyway, go ahead. <laughs> do I? You asked. <laughs> um, so anything that doesn't align with what we know to be true totally like triggers our spidey senses. And so... And then and our brain shifts into protective mode. It's fight or flight. And mm -hmm. we have that threat response. Mm -hmm. And so that's like anything would change. So organizations that come in and say, all right, we're going to have a change. We're immediately threatened. Or so we're going to move if we're immediately threatened, anything that changes around us. So I challenge you to take that red pill. And when something triggers your mental model, why? I want you to explore the why. So it could be feedback you receive that you don't agree with. And somebody gives you a, a comment like, you, you know, I recommend you change this. Well, you're like, that is so not true. Well, why isn't it true? Because they said it to you, it's true for them. So really lean in and think about it and challenge, challenge yourself, challenge your model, because it's how we have cognitive agility. 
Yeah. It's how we retrain our brains and build new neural pathways and new mental models. And it's really how we learn. Um, so it could be, again, an idea or concept that you think is totally wrong or off. That's cool. Why is that? And what, what is your mental model that's challenging that? Um, again, just take the red pill. Anything that brings your spidey senses up, just really lean in. Is it true that our evolutionary... Our model built by eons of evolution is baked into our amygdala. Absolutely. And then the root, I don't know where else in our brains, maybe that is more malleable software that can, that, that holds models but can be reprogrammed. Our entire brain can be reprogrammed. Even the we, amygdala? Yeah. Uh, well, our amygdala is the fight or flight response. But right, the, and that's like baked in from way back when, right? But our prefrontal like, cortex and our thinking brain, that's where we really hold our mental models. So our amygdala is, our amygdala like is the hormonal reaction where it's like, I'm going to kill you or I am going to calm down. Um, our prefrontal cortex is where we like do our thinking. And so that's where our mental models are housed. And we have neuroplasticity where yeah. new neural pathways are built every day if we try something new. Yeah. But here's a cool exercise that I really thought was neat. Cross your arms. Okay. It feels natural, right? Mm-hmm. Now uncross them. Cross them the other way. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Undo it and do it again. The opposite way. How's it feel? Natural. Now do it the wrong way. I don't even know if that's right. But yeah. How's that feel? Yeah, it's just over that way, right? Or... Wait, it feels weird. Yeah, yeah, but that's building a new neural pathway right there. Yeah. And the more that you do it, the more that neural pathway gets groove and groove and groove, eventually that becomes normal. Yeah. So that's just right there, building a new neural pathway. Changing your mental model, yay. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I love about human brain is that you can reprogram yourself. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It just takes time and patience Repetition and dedication. Yeah, yeah, repetition. Intention. Yeah. Yep. You have to really be intentional. So I can be like Elgado and have great posture and confidence. And you can absolutely you be can like change. You can change. And you can be like Sam Zell and have mm. rock solid sales experience. Man, or sales. I love that. That's so hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> Neuroplasticity. Yeah, <laughs> Rock Puts a biological context <laughs> into, you know, re rebuilding it, remaking, reinventing yourself. Mm -hmm. Love that. Yeah. Very good. Now the coolest part is, now that you have like your observable behaviors and you know how to change your mental models, you have to prepare your brain for learning. This is my favorite part. All right, so do you know the best way to prepare your brain for learning? Sleep. Naps, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was so a tired brain won't learn. That immediate, a tired <laughs> brain immediately puts you in fight or flight. So if you get a shitty night's sleep and you go into work, you are in uh, fight or flight all day. You are in survival mode, whether or not you realize it. So it's really before any type of learning to make sure that you're well rested. Mm. So if you're not well rested, take a nap. And the best part that I want to build into my learning programs is they found after lots of extensive neuroscience research that 20 minutes of napping after a learning event, you actually have better retention of content. Wait, say that again? If you take a 20 minute nap uh -huh. after something learning, after a learning event. After learning. Yep. You yeah. have better retention of what you learned. 
<laughs> so if I could build nap time into my learning programs, man, I would be. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. So I thought that was pretty fascinating. Yeah. I haven't explored it yet just because, but I definitely want to. Yeah. That's tough. 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Waking up after 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. yeah. All right. The next part about preparing your brain for learning is it's all making sure your brain is decluttered and mm. getting into nature can 10 X that mm. getting into nature can declutter your brain to the maximum. So I'm going to talk about my own research a little bit and how, Oh, here we go. This is her dissertation. <laughs> so he heard... <laughs> <laughs> he heard about my dissertation for what, eight years. So you can probably say this instead of me. All right. <laughs> So as I mentioned earlier, we take in information through our senses, all through our senses, through how we hear, what we smell, like smell triggers all kinds of memory. So if you think about what your grandmother's house smelled like, or you smell it. For me, it's um, date nut cookies and it immediately triggers my, my grandmother. Hmm. Um, for some people, it may be apple pie. For some people, it may be Lysol. You never know <laughs> what, what smell triggers, what memories. So we take in information through our senses, um, through what we hear, through what we touch, through what we see. And again, we align it to our mental models. When in my research, I found that people that went into extreme nature for at least 60 days, and this is people who rode oceans, who hiked the Appalachian and Pacific Crest Trails, who climbed up the seven summits, it's like some mountain climbers, like all these amazing people who were in nature without technology, without other people, um, or maybe like one or two people, but not this massive society without buildings, literally extreme nature. Hmm. So what these folks did, they... At, all of them at different points in their journey, their senses opened up. And what they described that at is, is the colors were so much brighter. I heard sounds I never heard before. Mm. Um, the space opened up around me. Even if they were in a forest, they felt just very mm. like they had space. Mm. Time slowed down. And that was pretty fascinating. So time slowed down and they were able to like just be. <laughs> they heard more, felt more, sound more. And when, so their senses are all opened up, they're taking in all this information and then they are done with their journey. They come back into society. And so the first time I was in Vegas, I'm like, holy crap, there's lights, there's noise, there's dings everywhere, there's people, oh my God. And I live in a city. So these folks had that same experience on steroids. They, even in the small towns, there mm. was lights and noise all the time. The sound of engines, the sound of humming. You think about it, even your own house. The refrigerator hums all the time. It just does. Um, and there's people all around you and cars and, and you turn on, it's just too much, totally overwhelming. They didn't know what to do. So they had to shut down their senses. So some of them would go into like a room by themselves without anything in it and just decompress others who'd been through this a couple times had the cognitive agility to be able to talk themselves down so um so yeah so that you had to shut down your senses in society so extrapolating this into how we live in regular society as humans who haven't been in nature for 60 days we are not using our full sensory capacity hmm. which means we are not fully prepared for learning and uh, so my advice to you is to get out into learning or get out to learn, get out into nature, <laughs> get out into nature as much as you can. Um, put down the technology, go for a walk somewhere where there are minimal people and minimal tech, go to the park, just sit and think and be and look around you. There's an exercise that we do just looking around 
um, looking at a tree mm. and really defining the tree and just letting your mind declutter because mm. you're going to be more prepared for learning. Yeah, just sitting and thinking. Yeah. I don't do that anymore. Like I'm always Googling or searching for something online. You yeah. Know? I'm not just I'm not just in my own head anymore. Huh. Like when I was a kid. Yeah. I think it's a waste. Yeah. So how can you build it back in? Oh, I like what you said. I don't, I don't know how to get outside and just think. Yeah. But yeah, but something to, th something to think yeah. about. How you do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's all I have. The three, again, principles in a nutshell are redefining yourself, adapt your mental models, and prepare for learning. Love it. It's very good, I think. It's very, uh, very inspiring, especially the first two, because it gives me hope that, yeah, I mean, there is a biological, scientific possibility of uh, how punctuated equilibrium changed to something better. So Absolutely. Thank you very much. I love that. Yay. All right. This is episode 44. We're wrapping it up. Uh, I also wanted to let you know that you can find us on the web at dream10x.com. You can even tack on a www ahead of that. www.dream10x.com. You can also find our podcast on Apple iTunes and Android and even Alexa. And you can find us, our videos on YouTube, Dream10x. Just look for Dream10x on YouTube. And finally, if you want to shoot us an email, it's dream10x at nautilustracker.com. Cheers. Cheers.